Imagine Jesus uh, comes and he dies and he's resurrected again and you start believing that and you're in a community that believes that and you uh, start to make life choices that uh, display that and then persecution comes. And so you, you don't know how to handle that. You're not really, I mean, you're Jewish, essentially. And you, you, you're, you believe Jesus was the Messiah and it didn't work out the way you thought, but he rose from the dead and he conquered sin and death. And there's all this doctrine and, 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 and uh, people are showing how he fulfilled the prophets. I mean, he was on the road. Jesus himself was on the road to Emmaus talking to two guys and he showed them from Moses and the prophets all the ways that he had fulfilled these prophecies. And, and so you, 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 you kind of start out and you're sharing everything and you're part of a community and God's doing miracles still. And the apostles are doing miracles and all this kind of stuff. And then persecution comes and you're scattered. You're away from the community you know. You're away from the church you know. And you start kind of having these thoughts like, man, I serve the God of the universe. And yet we're being persecuted and we're scattered. And all of a sudden, this letter starts getting circulated that's from Jesus's brother. And so I op- so so what I did was I sat down and I said I'm going to try and place myself in that kind of mind frame mindset and 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 just read the book as though I was in I was somewhere else maybe maybe in in a, in a far farther away town than I grew up in I had to kind of leave everything and I get this letter from Jesus's brother and so I sat down and I I started reading it, and I'm like, this is really disjointed. Now, here I am in, in, in about 44 AD critiquing Jesus' brother's writing, right? Because it starts off, and, and it gets really disjointed, and then he like goes on to a topic, and, and, and then leaves that topic, and goes on to another topic, and then goes back to that topic. And, and I'm like, Jesus' brother has ADD, Like, it's written with someone who has ADD. If you have ADD or ADHD or HD television, whatever, if you have have all that stuff, read the book of James and you'll be like, I totally know what this guy's doing. Because he starts out, he's reading, and then he's like, you know, and and then tongue, don't even get me started on the tongue. And he goes on and he goes, but if you have trials, I mean, you really, this is the thing. And then he's back to this. And and, and so... So we're not going to go verse by verse uh, through the book of James because it, James is, uh, uh, needs to be on Ritalin. And so um, we're going to go through kind of the theme. Well, so anyway, before you judge me, then I started reading because uh, I read through the book of James and I'm like, wow. Um, and I started reading commentaries on James. Like, am I just missing something? And all the commentaries are like, James is crazy. You know, I mean, they didn't say that because they're super smart scholars and stuff. You know, they're, you know, the confusion, you know, they use bigger words. And so, um, and so if you outline the book of James, because like we kind of have a, this Western process of thought, you can outline something. The, the outlines of James range from like two points <laughs> to 25. Po- like everyone's trying to get it down, but I, I don't think you can. I think James, I think James as ADD, and we're just going to have to kind of learn the way he was writing and adapt to what he was doing. And so I started looking for the major theme of James, and that is not hard to find at all. And it goes into the idea of testing. 
And testing is something that as Americans um, uh, and as our culture, we actually value. If you look at our, the, the products you have, maybe you're wearing a watch or you have a phone or uh, you're wearing some pants, uh, hopefully. Um, all these things have been tested. We value tests. I got some pictures uh, behind me that show some of the tests that we value. Um, oh, uh, you need some tests, yo. Okay, that's not, but, so let's go to the next picture because that one. Was, okay, <laughs> there's a car. Uh, cars, what they do is because the cars is a global market, they want to make one car that can handle whether it's in Iceland or whether it's in the Sahara Desert. And so they run all these tests. And this one you can see is in, a, is in like a little laboratory thing and they freeze them and then they heat them up and they do all this kind of stuff. Go, go ahead to the next uh, picture there. That's a bear. Um, um, in in um, Yellowstone, they actually have a product testing facility that uses bears. I don't know if you knew that, but when if you're going to go hiking and you have like a bear container, it's probably been tested in this facility. And you can imagine how valuable that testing is, right? We value testing. There's another product that's being tested. It's a like a kind of like a refrigerator. So if you if you live in an area where bears are, you don't want them getting into the fridge. And so uh, go to the next one. Uh, that's uh, testing golf balls. It's a little uh, robot that does a swing and then analyzes uh, how far the golf ball goes and writes out some things and checks compression. So if you play golf, uh, you might have one of these in your backyard. Okay, uh, go to the next one. Okay, now this one I thought was really cool because uh, Kramer from Seinfeld is in it. Um, no, uh, uh, this tests shoes back in the day and, and you'd put shoes on this machine and you can't read it on the, on the bottom but it says the lifetime of a pair of shoes is only a few hours when this machine starts turning. One shoe at a time is artificially walked on a revolving belt. Researchers, okay, that's what we refer to back in the day as a researcher, uh, can tell how each will last in actual wear. So there, there, there's your shoes being tested. Go ahead to the, to the next one here. This is a printer, and it says, initiate robot uprising. Uh, if you don't test your products, they'll all band together and take over. And then I think I have one, one more in there. Some, oh yeah, the Nokia phone, uh, they, they test to make sure that it won't crack. Do I have one more? I don't know if I do or not. Okay, cool. Right, we value testing. We value testing on the products we have. As a matter of fact, we expect testing. We expect our products to be tested. You know, if you go and buy an SUV and you say, well, how, how did it fare in the crash testing? And the dealer says, oh, we don't do that here. It's far too expensive. You ruin a lot of cars that way. We just don't, we just don't. Or you're going bungee jumping. You know, how's the bungee? Ju- oh, we, you know, suppose it breaks, then we don't have a bungee, right? You know, I mean, it's like you expect things to be tested. We value things. We expect them to be tested. If you have a heart trouble, right, what do you do? You go to the doctor and what do they do? They, they run a bunch of tests. They run a stress test. They try to put your heart in a, in an, in a uh, kind of under stress that you might not see because you don't want it to fail. See, things get better the more they're tested. As a matter of fact, 
To a researcher, failing a test is not failure. It's information. If, if, you, if you have a product and you start doing some stuff, um, you know, you have a, uh, I have my phone in my, in my, in my pocket. Well, they, they take these phones and they drop them. They, they, they have a drop test. They want to be able to drop them. Not, you, know, you thought I was going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I don't know where they put the limit of the drop. Uh, and, and so, um, but they drop them so that when you drop your phone, it now, if, if it fails, they don't, all, the researchers don't start crying and holding, I'm so, you know, it'll be okay. You know, we'll they, they're like, okay, now we know. And what do they do? They go back and they redesign the product so that it will pass the test. See, we all know this. We see it. We see it. We see it with people. Anything we value, we want tested. The gold that's in your watch it has a number, 14 carat, 2 carat, 28 carat. Why? It was tested. That diamond that's on your finger, it was tested for cut, clarity, carat, and color, and cost. <laughs> right? <laughs> the seven C's, whatever, whatever it is. It was tested. You want it tested. Matter of fact, when your fiance gave it to you, you probably went and had it tested to see how much they love you, right? Because we ascribe value to things that are tested, things we value. Your doctor went through a lot of tests to become your doctor, and you want to look at his wall and see that he went through a lot of tests. Your lawyer went through tests. Things are more valuable the more they're tested. Things become better the more they're tested. And we understand that. Until it comes to our faith. We do not want that tested at all. For us, our faith is supposed to serve one purpose. Salvation. Whether you're in or whether you're out. That's what faith is for. I had faith in Jesus Christ. I got the diploma. It says saved. And so we go and we try to share our what? Our faith. But guess what people want to know? Has it been tested? You say, I don't, it doesn't need to be tested. See the diploma. Saved. We pray. We get on our knees. We lament with our friends when our faith is tested. God, please don't let, it, let us be tested. Don't test our faith. Don't, I don't want to go through trials. I don't want to go through testing. But see, here's the thing. Maybe the salvation test, the ticket in, is just entrance into the lab to begin the real testing. And if we knew that up front, would we really have signed up in the first place? And maybe failing a test isn't necessarily so horrible Maybe all we're doing is gathering information. See, I think James understood this. And what we're going to be going through in the book of James in the next six weeks are, are six tests. Six ways your faith is going to be tested. And let me just tell you this, just so we're all clear. Your faith will be tested. Now, 
When we think of that way, when we think of being tested, we think of hardship, we think of trials, we think of losing our job, we think of our wife walking out, we think of the death of a loved one, like that's a test. But tests often happen long before any of those things happen. As a matter of fact, when you walk out these doors, your faith is going to be tested. You might not know it. And so what I'm hoping is that in the next six weeks, We'll be able to see the tests. We'll be able to pick them out. We'll be able to understand, oh, my faith is being tested right now. Do I deserve the diploma? Now, I know what you're thinking because some of you have been Christians for a long time and you're like, I, nobody deserves the diploma for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And besides, it was by grace we've been saved through faith, not of works, because, right? You know, you got the whole thing. Like, we didn't earn it, right? It was given to us. Yes. But it will be tested. You know, oftentimes we look at a pastor, and you can open up the newspaper even just uh, two days ago or three days ago I can't remember when it was. Another, another one bites the dust, right? Another pastor goes into moral failure and we figure he failed the test, right? Because he, he had an affair. But his test started long before the affair. He failed the test long before with just maybe having a glance that went a little too long or getting into a conversation he never should have gotten into. See, we tend to just put all this like thing on the outcome. When I think God is testing our faith or allowing our faith to be tested all the time. And James talks about this. Here's what it says. James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy. If you have New American Standard, I think it says uh, all joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials, of many kinds. Now, I don't know about you, but I pray against trials. I, the minute they start, I'm fasting and weeping and in sackcloth because I don't want the trial. I want comfort. I want my diploma. And I want to just move on with life and I want to be blessed. I, I, want, I want God to come down and bless me because I'm good. But James just flips that all on its head. And he says, I want you to look at trials of many kinds, any type of trial, any type of temptation, anything that's going to stretch and press and drop your faith. Things that are going to throw it across the room. Things that are going to take your faith and freeze it. Things that are going to take your faith and heat it up under hot lamps until it, it melts. Because here's what I know about tests. They give you information. And we need information about our faith. It's a diploma. But see, because here's the thing. When we share our faith, when we share our diploma, they want to know about our schooling, where we did this and where we did that. I'll tell you when a test I went through. Um, I started playing soccer when... Like no, when it was just nobody in America played soccer, uh, I was mocked and ridiculed and, and, and everything, but I loved the sport of soccer because I loved to run and fake injury. And so, um, which is what you do in soccer. No, um, 
And, and so I, I, I loved soccer, and I, I started very little. And so when I got to high school, um, I was in a very small school in a very small district. And so um, I was a really good soccer player in a really small school in a really small kind of conference. And so as that began to happen, um, you know, you start getting thoughts in your head because you're like, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm really good at soccer in a really small school in a really small conference. So I got it kind of in my mind that I was going to be a professional soccer player in a very small, no, okay. And, 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 and so, um, so as I was going through high school playing soccer and, and doing quite well at it, um, uh, I got this, uh, 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 you know, this college said, hey, you, you want to come play for us, uh, Azusa Pacific. And I'm like, no, because I'm thinking Azusa Pacific. <laughs> Don't know if you've ever seen me play, but not Azusa. Uh, I, I wanted to go someplace uh, grandiose. And, and so um, Westmont College happened to have the fourth best soccer team in the country. Uh, uh, in a very small division, NAIA. And so I decided to go there. So uh, the, 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 the coach came down and looked at one of my soccer games and then wrote me a letter that said, uh, no, thank you. Uh, you're not good enough to play for our school. Which, <laughs> what? So uh, he was crazy. And um, I knew that. So I went to Westmont anyway and uh, gave up uh, the Azusa thing. And uh, showed up with my bags, and the soccer team shows up uh, two weeks before school starts. And so I had my bags, and my parents dropped me off. Uh, I don't even think the car stopped. <laughs> I think it was just like, you know, and I rolled out with my stuff, and they sped off. And um, I went to this room in our dorm, and it was a room about the size of, let's just say, this part here with Nate sitting there and just kind of this. And they had a soccer ball. And they started kicking it around. And they were kicking it so fast, I'm not sure it was really a soccer ball. And it was just like going, and they said, hey, you want to come join us? And all of a sudden, I started to realize, I'm not good at soccer. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. And so it was kicking, and then we go, bam, 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 and then go to me, bam. Right, and and I st- I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where all of a sudden like the butterflies and you just start realizing I don't belong here, I should not be here, and I have my bags and I'm there two weeks early and I'm already signed up to go to school and I've already got my dorm room and. They start practice tomorrow morning at seven and the light was turned on and I was exposed and I failed the test. And so the next day I had to go on the field with these guys, two of them still hold records for the school. And I just had to realize I am not good at soccer. I failed the test. And I think we are so scared in our faith to fail that we don't want to be tested at all. 
but we will be tested. James says, consider it pure joy. Let the tests come. Let the trials come. Let's see what you can handle. Because here's what we know about testing. When we get our results, we know where to redesign, right? If I drop the phone from here and it breaks, I start thinking, okay, how does it, why did it break? How did, how did that happen? I started realizing in my life, I mean, you have to understand, for me to fail at soccer miserably, to me to like, I, like I sat the bench the entire season. I played I think the entire season, four minutes, and I, 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 we were, it was an away game, and it was like 47 to zero, right, soccer, and then they put me out on the field, because they didn't think I could, I mean, I failed, but I got a lot of information, a ton, and see, I, I think, I think that's the thing that James is trying to say, here's what he says, now watch, this is fabulous, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. If you want faith that lasts, if you want faith that can handle anything, if you want faith that's going to just totally rock it, you have to be tested. Consider it pure joy, guys, brethren. He says brethren 15 times in this book. Brethren, when, when you're tested rejoice because you're getting information and you know that the testing of your faith is going to produce something and then it says in verse four so so the testing of your faith develops perseverance now listen perseverance must finish its work you gotta go through the whole thing if you want the real nice shine, you've got to go through every level of sanding. You can't just stop and go, wow, that was hard, that hurt, I can see metal. You've got to go again, 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 again. Perseverance must finish its work. And then the promise will blow you away. The promise is what makes us, in verse 2, consider it pure joy. It says, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's what God wants for you. It almost is kind of a health and wealth pie in the sky thing. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be mature, complete. He doesn't want you to lack in anything. Oh, and guess how you're going to get there? You're going to be tested over and over and over again. You're going to get the drop test, the stretch test, the connectivity test, the freeze test, the heat test, the isolation test. You're going to get it all. And each time, as we go through this testing, we'll go, hey, I don't have to spend so much time on this part of the product. But this part, I fail every time. Maybe I should shore this up. I'm going to read another section of scripture. Because here's what happens. Let me just give you the point of this morning. Because here's what happens. I don't know about you, but here's what I do. I take a test. I fail the test. And what do I do? I blame the test. I don't know if you ever do that. Did you do that in high school? You go to take the math test. You fail the math test. Who needs math anyway? 
Plus, the teacher was, it was supposed to be in this chapter, and then they, they changed it to this chapter. The stupid task, stupid teacher, stupid math. Nobody needs math. This is a rip. Everybody hates this teacher. Nobody got an A on this test. Oh, really? These two guys got an A. Yeah, but all they do is study. They're freaks. They're weird. They don't have a life. I have a life. Stupid test. Right? We blame the test. The test was unfair. The test was too hard. Listen, don't we do it as Christians all the time? Yeah, yeah, but if you knew what I was going through, if you knew the test I was taking, you'd understand why I'm failing. Nobody's had to go through this. No, if you knew the, how hard the test, it wasn't multiple choice, it was essay. They got to take multiple choice. I had to take essay. The test, I hate the test. But see, God loves the test. He allowed the test. He thinks you can pass the test. He wants you to pass the test. And so when you get a test from God or an allowing, God allowing you to be tested, as a matter of fact, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that no test, no temptation, if you look at the Greek, test and temptation are interchangeable words. Okay? No, 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 no um, test or temptation is overtaking you, but such is common to everybody. Right? And God won't allow you to be tested in such a way that you are completely destroyed by it. You take the test, you look at your grade, and you go, you know what? I gotta spend some more time on this. And the God of all grace who loves you and wants you to be mature, complete, not lacking in anything, says, you just learned something about yourself. Don't hate the test. So that's your point this morning. Don't, Blame the test. Blame your faith. And so over the next six weeks, we're going to go through um, some tests. And where you can look and go, man, you know what? My faith is being tested here. I better, I better brush up. <laughs> right? We're going to look at how we handle our mouth. We're going to look at how we handle trials. We're going to look at how we look at people. How we value people. We're going to look at these different things. As Alex comes up, I want to read one last section of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1. In this you greatly rejoice. Okay, you've got to get the same idea. Yeah, that's it. Great. Thanks, Mitchell. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold. Remember what we said? The things we value, we test. We expect tests of things we value, right? You don't, matter of fact, a lot of that value comes from the fact that it was tested, okay? That your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. I don't know if you're going through a test right now, and for some of you, it may be super easy to go, oh, I know exactly what the test is. It's my finances, or it's my husband, or what, 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 wherever, wherever you're at. But God's going to allow it. And don't 
shortchange yourself by trying to get it over as fast as possible. God's, I mean, pray to God for sure. But, but let's begin to ask a, maybe a different kind of question. Not why am I going through this, but how would you like me to respond? 